Chapter 7. Just Bounce After they all climbed on Blue, Lynx, who was now sitting behind Wraith and Katie, said, Your cat is so cool. Thanks, Lynx, Blue replied. No way! No way! You can talk! Oh my word, this reminds me of a film I used to watch as a kid. It had a flying dog in it. I think I know that one. Do you remember its name? Katie said from within Wraith's arms. You know what, babe? I can't remember for the life of me. It's weird I must have watched it a hundred times. I'm not a fan of dogs, Blue growled. Of course, Blue. You're a cat. But here, opposites attract. After what seemed to be a day of rushing through the long grass of a deep mountain valley, Alec began to be more aware of his situation and surroundings. All the passengers had been absorbed by the great view and the rush of racing at top cat speed, but Alec really felt the need to say, Guys, where are we going? Wraith gripped and tugged Blue's thick fur like reins and said, Straight forward! Blue bounded so fast that she seemed to hover over the long lush green grass. Alec, who was used to planning and plotting his course meticulously, was concerned. To sail without direction or navigation at sea was very dangerous. He liked an adventure, but he could not stand to be lost. Blue, stop! commanded Alec. Blue halted instantly and her furry body hugged the floor. Blue was scared stiff and Alec's voice had stopped her dead in her tracks. What on earth did you do that for? Wraith bellowed. Alec, what's wrong? asked Katie. You scared me and Blue. We can't just run into this world at full speed without a direction or a plan. Why not? Katie replied. We might hit an iceberg. Wraith turned and leaned to the side. He stared at Alec, who was now sitting at the back, rodless, because he had given it to Lynx. Wraith was not angry. Instead, he felt quite the opposite, and thought, now someone else was thinking practically just like him. Good point, Alec. We need a plan and a direction. It's cool, guys. It's straight up here. In a few moments, we're going to reach the fringe, the beginning of the festival, said Lynx confidently. How do you know? asked Katie. I can feel it. I can feel the energy bouncing from the mountaintops and running like a stream down the valley. And where there's a stream, there's a river. And where there's a river, a sea. I understand that. But how do you know? I need certainty. I never voyage into the unknown without a map or a compass, Alec insisted. My eyes do the work, which means my other senses are more sensitive. I can feel the wind from a fairy's wings. I can hear the bass from three kilowatt speakers over a hundred kilometres away. And more importantly, my heart picks up the beat of a party. It's not a compass or a map, but it's helped me find the craziest parties ever. And I'm telling you, it's this way. Have faith. Lynx placed his palms together and flashed an excited smile. Faith wasn't something Alec used much. He preferred at sea to use experienced intuition. Wraith used faith in himself but not of others. They were both equally unsure. Katie, on the other hand, was head over heels for the adventure. Lynx, Lynx, I believe, Lynx. I would trust you over a map any day. Wraith rolled his eyes. Katie, for a smart girl, you are easily led. What do you mean by that? You were led by Lutz, and now you are willing to take a gamble on your time with faith and magic feelings. What do you mean, led by Lutz? And at least I have feelings. 
Lynx knows this place better than you, my leader, Katie said. Wraith frowned and stared into the distance, which infuriated Katie. Lynx, who was sitting upright with an elevated perspective, as he was the tallest, said, Guys, guys, this place is not about arguing. It's about fun. You guys don't know me from Adam. I get that. But after this turn, you're going to be amazed. I know there is a big, big party coming soon. Blue bounded on. The tips of the long green grass tickled their straddling knees. Katie, who was still wearing her dress from the palace's ride, laughed every so often and wriggled in Wraith's arms when the grass tickled her. They turned a corner in the valley. All of the passengers had been eager to see what was ahead. The suspense had been building and was almost uncontrollable for Katie. Blue slowed down just before the turn in the valley. She crept forward and walked and then stopped just before the valley's bend. Blue is behaving rather cautiously, Wraith said. Katie smiled whilst calmly stroking under Blue's ears and said, She's a smart cat. She doesn't just run into the unknown. Blue lowered herself to the floor and the grass rose above all their heads concealing them. What is it, Blue? What's that baby? Katie said calmly as she rubbed once more behind her ears. It's okay. No dogs, Blue said with relief, for that's all she was afraid of. I guess if there's no dogs, then it's all okay, Lynx said with a chuckle. Blue arose from her grassy hide and walked around the bend of the mountainside. Another valley was stretched out in front of them. Roars and cheers from a crowd echoed in the far distance. The sound waves bounced from the two opposing mountains of the valley. Ahead of them was a tall pole planted and fixed into the ground. Flying at the top was a cloth flag with three stripes of colour. Such lovely colours the flag has. Pastel green, blue and purple, Jane said whilst fluttering around its flapping corners. Wraith had ignored the flag but was analysing what was ahead. There were collections of tents, campfires and bands of people scattered across the landscape. Beyond them seemed to be a very large event with masses of people spectating from a stadium carved from one of the mountains. The fringe, we found it, tucked and hidden away, very Festavia style. Lynx said whilst clapping his hands high above his head. Wraith did not react with Lynx, but looked for the next appropriate action. Blue is tired. Let's dismount and walk. Blue lowered herself and all four passengers stretched and shook their legs free of stiffness. My legs are so cramped. We must have been riding for longer than a pensioner's cruise, Alex said. Katie performed some exaggerated yoga stretches to loosen her muscles and Wraith dropped to full box splits. Lynx laughed. You guys are nuts. You take your stretching seriously. Alec wanted to join in, but he didn't know how, so he stood on one leg and bent the other upwards to stretch his quadriceps, thigh muscle. He lost balance, and to steady himself, he grabbed Blue's ear. Blue quickly shook her head. She hated having her ears touched and sent Alec tumbling to the floor. Laughing with some sympathy, Lynx said... Easy there, champ. Try this. Put your arm out to the side and balance with your big toe. That's where your balance comes from. Alec stood sturdy and straight. There, now you're stretching like a champ. Thanks, Lynx. Where did you learn that? I played a lot of hockey. That was my pre-raving days. Straight ahead, Katie was drawn to a small gathering of people. Her eyes were wide. She wanted to run and mingle in the crowd. She led from the front and walked towards it.
Without hesitation, Lynx joined her. He said, Katie, I can feel we're on the same level. You're well excited, aren't you? I can't wait, Lynx. I need to forget and relax. Lots has happened, and now I want a moment of being free. They approached the small gathering. A collection of people mingled and chattered around a metre-high raised wooden stage. The crowd sat down on the grassy floor patiently and faced the stage. Katie inquisitively observed. Lynx stood further back with his hands together. He felt the crowd's anticipation. A woman and a man walked from behind the stage and up its short, wooden, creaky stairs. The woman was of average height and wore a large Victorian frock, a wig, and had exaggerated makeup caking her face. The man who stood to the left wore a tweed suit, green top hat, and pressed a small teak violin to his chin. Katie whispered, What's this? Is it a show, Lynx? Not sure, babe. I'm clueless on this one. The woman in the Victorian frock said, Behold, for you are all part of the Poet Riddle Space Party. Prepare for a world of thought, intrigue and excitement. The crowd remained patient and seated. This crowd seems to be in the know, Lynx whispered, muted excitement. The woman breathed in deeply, her chest expanded with litres of air, and she let out a beautiful sound of opera. Her angelic vocals sent chills down Katie's spine. The man with the green top hat began to speak fast and fluently. He fitted and wove his words around the woman's angelic notes. Festavia, 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 a place where many go to dance, party and be. For her or she should not flee, but run, dance and hold their wee. Souls and individuals get caught in the grind, but sometimes we must be led by the blind to find the sun that lies deep in our mind. Move, 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 as being still is only for the lifeless and chilled. Move, 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 I demand it to be done, as dancing and bouncing is so much fun. Large, soft, multicoloured balls began falling from the skies. They bounced off the audience and landed everywhere. No way! No way! Hoppers! shouted Lynx. A flock of eagles high in the sky was circling and dropping the balls from great heights. But eagles don't fly in flocks, said Katie, puzzled. I know, right? This place is mad crazy! I love it! Lynx said with delight. The crowd grabbed the large bouncing balls which had landed by their legs and bounced on them. Lynx felt the vibe of the party and couldn't wait to join in. Guys, guys, let's grab one and get stuck in. Katie and Lynx ran into the chaotic crowd of bouncing revellers. Wraith stood back on a raised grassy mound and oversaw what he thought was the madness. Alec was undecided. He felt a rush of adrenaline but felt immobilised. Jane fluttered around the nervous Alec. You need a shot, don't you? She said. Yeah, I really do, but I can't see a bar. Jane circled around Alec's eyes. The movement made them cross. Why don't you try playing without a drink? I've never seen you without one. You've never seen me before this adventurous voyage. Of course. Every half season you would be in the same place, standing near the dance floor with a drink. By the end of the night you'd still be in the same position, but propped up only by the railings. Sounds like me. You never talked to anyone, or even danced. Why? I just found it hard, so I'd drink. I would have a brief moment of feeling great, and I'd almost go for it. But then I'd stop, because I felt too wobbly. 
That's the magic pint. One more and it's all downhill. I've seen many others doing the same. For a moment they catch it, but it's soon lost. So they desperately try to catch it again. But after they've collapsed, all they catch is the carpet. Alec nodded. That was him. He was embarrassed, but he just didn't know another way. Alec, you don't have to go. Try standing here and, in your mind, see if you can get to the magic pint feeling by yourself. Wraith crossed his arms, his eyes fixed on Katie. Jane fluttered over and said, You look serious. I'm not here for fun. I have a job to do. And you're doing it well. Why not join them? Jane, I appreciate you're trying to help, but I mustn't lose focus. I must not fail. Festavia is not for me. I'm here for Katie and the palace. Katie and Lynx had bounced for several songs. The performer's energy was immense. It electrified the crowd. To both Lynx's and Katie's delight, they had learned how to somersault using their hoppers. They had also made plenty of friends, because part of the fun was to bounce into one another. Katie bounced to the edge of the crazed collection of multicoloured bouncing hoppers. She turned towards her team of non-participants. She knew Wraith was going to abstain. She then put her full attention into Alec and shouted, Come on, Alec! It's fun in here! Alec just shook his head and smiled. Katie sensed his fear and anxiety, but she also sensed his secret desire to join in. At a fast pace, she bounced towards him, her long hair trailing behind. Her excited look and captivating features put a big smile on Alec's face. Wraith's eyes slightly winced, but he showed no further emotion. Katie ignored Wraith and said, Come on, Alec, it's so much fun. I don't have a ball, Alec said, shrugging his shoulders. Bad excuse. Here, have mine, Katie said, and she tossed hers to Alec. He caught it and fell forward. As soon as he did, he bounced several times, very high. He started roaring with laughter and said, This is so much fun. Good, replied Katie, and she gave Alec such a massive push that he flew straight into the crowd. Katie turned to Wraith and said, I assume you don't want to. I'm happy watching you. She gave a cheeky smile and said, Well, you know where we are, Gramps. Wraith's eyes softened. He gave a slight twitch of a smile, which she noticed. She turned her back and ran full pace back into the chaotic madness. Why didn't she ask me? Jane asked Wraith in a saddened voice. I wouldn't worry about it, Jane. I'm sure you're welcome to join. I'll stay here with you. Go and join in. It looks like everyone is having fun. I think I'd get squished in there. It's probably best I stay. The party subdued. The legs of the revellers had tired. Some of the crowd had stopped, and at the edge they curled their partied-out bodies to rest. The performers had changed their tune to match the atmosphere. The beat and rhythm slowed. The fast-talking poet was now whispering hypnotic and entrancing dreamy rhymes. Slowly but surely the party came to an end. Katie and Lynx were the last ones bouncing. Alex plodded back to the spectating group and said, Wow, I'm knackered. It feels like I've been bouncing for seasons. I can't believe they're still going. Wraith studied Katie's use of her never-ending energy. It reassured him, as she would need it for the quest. Katie and Lynx walked casually back towards Wraith and the others. They had had so much fun. Lynx, showing no signs of fatigue, said, Wow, guys, that was amazing. Sorry, Wraith, but you missed out. That was unreal. Jane, how come you didn't join in? I'm too small, 
I'd be squished. Nah, babe, we'd look after you. We leave no one out. Jane smiled. She appreciated Lynx's kind words. Sensing that his two excitable team members were receptive, Wraith said, It's time to check the timer. And he then pulled the timer out from his tunic. Lynx's mouth gaped. He looked shocked and said, How did you get that in there? Magic, replied Wraith calmly. He peered at the timer and noticed that a quarter of the sand from the tent symbol had fallen. Katie said casually, My time is flying by. The glass began to glow and shimmer. Light radiated out. The brightness made all the group close their eyes. Once they opened their eyes, an image speckled with falling sand appeared within the glass. A hospital bed appeared, and next to it was a tearful seated man. His face was clean-shaven, and his hair was dark and neatly combed to the side. Dad, Katie said in a pained low voice. Darling, don't leave. You have so much to live for. I've continued to live this life to see my only life disappear from it. Dad, it's okay. I'm still here. Katie's voice fell on deaf ears, for he could not hear her. Katie, darling, it's too soon to join your mummy. You must wake. Please wake. The image disappeared. There was a cold silence. It was obvious that Katie was in shock. Wraith nodded and stared at her. She looked back at him. Her eyes welled with tears, her mouth dropped, and a look of vulnerability glimmered. We've got a job to do, Wraith said. He was not sympathetic and reassuring. He was not saddened by what he'd seen. He was pleased it had come now rather than later, because to him, time was of great importance. Lynx guessed what was afoot. Babe, you are for this world, are you? You are trapped. Sadly not. I don't feel trapped. I feel free. Wraith said sharply. You're only temporarily free here. You must return back to Earth. Lynx said. Is this what it's about, getting you back? Katie replied. Yes, Lynx, and Wraith wants to save his palace. Palace? Wraith interrupted. It's a long story, time we don't have. We must keep moving. The atmosphere grew heavy with a negative intensity, but was broken by the arrival of a little blue bird. She's replied, shouted Alec. Alec's bird that he had sent to the princess had returned. She's seen it and written back, Alec said with glee. How do you know? Katie asked. Because, Katie, the bird has turned blue. Alec held his hand out for the bird to land. Strapped to its little twig leg was a message. Alec said with hesitation as he unwrapped it and read the message aloud. Fine, thanks, and you. That's it? That's all she's written? Alec looked at the others, bewildered. Katie was not surprised and read the message herself. She said, Also, no kiss. She's playing it cool. Or, you're friend-zoned. Friend-zoned? Yeah, she might be treating you as a friend. Why would she do that? We shared a moment. Well, it could have been only your moment. Let's think positively, though. It's only the first message. Don't overthink it. What should I write back? Hmm, keep it simple. Just say, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Just hanging with my mates. You got much planned in the next few days. Alec wrote down Katie's suggestions, but he looked unsure. It sounds plain. What about a joke? Could do, but you run the risk of being misunderstood. It's still early days. Early days? 
I met her not long ago. Yeah, that was then. This is now. Alec didn't question her any further and placed his message apprehensively back on the bird. The bluebird changed back to grey and flew off. After a short nap amongst all the post-hopping revellers, they all awoke. Lynx, who had the least sleep, stood over them. His excitement was noticeable, oozing out of him. Guys, guys, I feel like I've been electrocuted with a party cow prod. Let's get moving. Wraith opened his eyes to find himself cast in the shadow of Lynx's tall presence. His glasses reflected the sun's rays. Wraith respected Lynx's urgency. He thought, great, a man who also values time. He has made a good addition to the group. Wraith had noticed many of Lynx's qualities, but he still wanted to know his weaknesses. Wraith was distrusting. It took a while for a person to win his trust. Because he was always trying to preempt failure, he wanted to know everything about this new guide. Following Lynx, the group walked towards the largest crowd in the distance.